Ten Fine Podcast, and we um, we have a um, special guest on today, um, Ellis O'Keefe. Hello, how are we? Good lads, good. How are you? I'm fine, mate. I'm fine. Yeah. Um. So basically, we're going to be going through a bit. Like, there's a lot about different aspects, like the story. Like, we'll start off, but be quite light-hearted. But further on into it, we might touch on more deeper topics. So just to let everyone know if anyone feels a bit like uncomfortable, that type of thing. So, um, yet, uh, what have you been doing during lockdown, Alice? Uh, not much, mate. Um, I've just just been trying to get trying to train as much as I can for um for when the new season comes back. Um, finished a lot of uni work off, so I've uh, literally got nothing else to do apart from training. So that's it. What do you mean by like training? You mean like weight training or like is even like sports specific training? Um, it's it's a bit of both to be honest, lads. I've I've obviously with the gym being shut and that, but luckily we've got one in our house. Um, I have been doing a bit of weight training, like, but I stopped for about five or six weeks, which weren't good, like, because I wanted to get back into my fitness for football and that. But I've just I started this week, so I'm just trying to get back into it, to be honest, lad. Yeah, um, when's the season starts? Like, who are you playing for now? So I'm at Prescott Cables Reserves now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the season got cut short, cut, uh, cut short early with uh, the football season with the corona. So, um, it's one of them, lads. It's just we don't know when we're coming back. So, mm. well, while we're on the yeah. topic of football, yeah, uh, have you got like, quite a good story with it? So, wait, how, how did you start? Why did you start? And what influenced you? And to uh, give you a barrage of questions there, like, but... <laughs> to, to be honest, lads. Uh, my, early, my earliest memory of any type of sport was horse racing. Horse racing? Horse racing, yeah. It's a bit of a mad one. Uh, my granddad, uh, my mum's my mum's dad, uh, he, he used to be a jockey. Is he? Yeah, yeah he, he owned a farm as well up, up uh, I think, up by Rainford it was. And so I used to sit in the pram, according to my mum and dad, I used to sit in the pram with the horse and the horse and hound magazine reading about jockeys and I wanted to be a jockey when I was a kid but obviously that that weren't that weren't gonna be possible so I just started playing with a playing with a football for about I think I was the age of about three or four mm. and then that was it then. I only had football in mind. So how did you start off you start like Saturday League, Sunday League like Yeah age? um start yeah started off like I was looking for a team but there was no teams for my age group, so I had to pretend I was a year older and play a year above from the age of... So I started playing when I was about four. I had to pretend I was five, and then I'd done that up till I was about under under 11s, under 12s. But eventually yep. they found out I was a year younger, but obviously the managers didn't say nothing because they weren't that, that bothered about checking people's databates and that. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got away with it for a few years. Do you say you start like so you how old were you? About eleven, twelve, and then like I know you got picked up by an, what academy was it first? Was it? It to be to be honest, lad, it was there was quite a few, but my dad didn't really want me to to take it as serious from a young age, which I I half agreed with because when I did used to go to like the likes of Liverpool, Everton, and stuff, I I didn't enjoy it. Like I didn't really feel like. Oh, you've got it. This is Liverpool, Everton, blah blah blah, or whatever. Look, I was at. I weren't like. I weren't. I didn't really enjoy it. I like. I like playing with my mates more, and 
I got to about the age of eleven, I think. Uh, what what you what? How old was we in year six? About how ten. I think I think you're ten or eleven, aren't you? Yeah, about yeah. So about ten, eleven, and I was playing for Kirby Schoolboys at the time, and we were playing up at uh, a schoolboy tournament up at Walton Hall Park, and there the being the, I've heard stuff about me getting watched by like a few clubs, and I, I didn't think nothing of it. And uh, the night before the tournament, I had a, a KFC, which weren't the best choice. And you're mm. on them, them fucking, what are they called? The, the chicken wings. What are they called, lad? Hot wings, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I had them. And let's just say I fucking <laughs> paid the price for it the next day. <laughs> so I felt I felt proper weak and like I, I didn't want to play. So I thought, oh, I'll just have to, I'll just have to just fucking bite, bite through the pain and see how I get on. But luckily, I don't know how I ended up having a very good few games in the group stages. And Wigan were watching me, and they asked me to come down for the trial. And I was, I was, I was in two minds because it obviously I'd been been playing with me mates as I say for Saturday and Sunday for like Mosley and stuff like that. Mm. And my dad just went, just go for it, because it's it's your first first time you're getting towards that age now where you're wanting to play better teams at a better standard and I just thought come on went down and then six week trial and then I got offered my first contract which was a year so yeah just went from there yeah, um, so you were at Wigan for how long then? so I was at Wigan from the age of 11 to 12 yeah 11 to 12 so it was year 6 to um, year 7 because I remember in school sometimes you'd have to leave early and stuff like that because like oh, for anyone who doesn't know it's the same like secondary school. Yeah. And obviously like you played the school and that as well, didn't you? Let, like, if, so for for the fits so obviously in year seven, I only played once for the school. Mm. And I had to I had to uh, pretend I never played for the school at all that year. The only time that I weren't getting monitored for playing was was literally that that week. So I said to oh, what was his name, lad? Baldy fella, Mr. Snowden. <laughs> Remember him? Mr. Snowden. Yeah. So uh, I said to Mr. Snowden, yeah, I can play. So I played one game up front. I feel like that's you read that a lot with like people that have been in academies, they're not allowed to like play outside of it, which you do understand to mm. an extent, because obviously you've got your injuries and that type of thing. But, yeah. Like, it's like if you if you practicing something to get better at it, you practice it more. So you can yeah. look at it that way as well, I think. It was as as you've just said then, it one of the obviously we'll explain about that a bit later, but that was one of the reasons in, in me leaving was because I just I didn't feel like a kid. You know what I mean? I've yeah, been yeah. so used to playing out with my mates, playing football, coming home with cutting my knees, knees were rotten because I'd been playing all day and mm. then at the ages of like what 11 to 12 I was getting to like it was so we'd come in uh, before training we'd have to get there half an hour before obviously we'd start and you'd come in and you'd have a questionnaire and it'd be like on a scale of 1 to 10 how tired you are how many meals you've had um, have you done any physical exercise at all so you just like under scrutiny straight away, and so if I had PE, I would have had to like I literally I had to get off early from school. I think it was about half an hour to an hour early. I'd have to yeah. run out the gate. My mum would 
have me training gear in the car. I'd literally have to get changed in the back of the car. She'd bring me like, uh, like, like a banana and stuff to eat before I train. If I'd had pee in the day, I'd had to be like a packet of a uh, packet of wipes to just literally rinse all my knees, my elbows if it got dirty. So there was no no way I could have pee. And I think one time my mum had forgot them. And I, yeah. I had I had dirty knees and I thought, oh, I'm gonna be in shit here. So I've come in, they've clocked my knees straight away and been like, Have you done pee? And I was like, uh, and they went, You're not allowed to do pee. And I just thought, for God's sake, you know what I mean? Like if they said you're only allowed to do like indoor pee and stuff, like you weren't allowed to do football and that and I thought. And there was there was other times where I went and watched my mate. Have, have you ever heard of the, the Northwest Champ well, the I think it's the Northwest Champions League. They done it to like the Liverpool Champions League. It was like so all the amateur teams, the Saturday and Sunday league teams, I think it was from like yeah. under eight to up until like under sixteens. It was a so everyone who'd win their like district league, so it'd be like say if you'd win the Merseyside and Harewood League. Yeah. And uh, say like the Rain Hill, all the leagues across like Liverpool would get put into one competition at the end of the season. And I went and watched me mate who was playing in it. And uh, so I, th- I think I'd just come from training, to be honest. So I was, I had all my wig and stuff on. Uh, I brought a football with me and my mate was on the bench. So we just, we just, uh, he'd, I think they were 1-0 up at the time. And he'd just come off injured or something. So I was on the side and I was like, come here, we'll have a game of passes and that. He was like, all right. So he was like struggling playing passes with him. And literally it was like five yards away. No, no like knockouts on, on the side. Yeah. And the chief scout... Uh, just literally just come from me. like I didn't see him coming just literally come from behind me and just went put the ball down I just went what and he went you might get injured put the ball down I thought what do you mean and like my dad was there my dad went Kenny's he's he's only playing past his five, uh, five, five yards and he was like no no he might he might get injured and I thought oh yeah, it's like being a robot isn't it lad like, it, it's like at me mum like my mum's dad wouldn't let me go out um like my mates will come knocking for me and I'll be just be like, no, I, I can't, I can't. And like, it, like cousins would be playing football, say like we'd have barbecues in the summer and that. And yeah. They'd be playing with me, I'm like, just be careful, just like everything I'd done was scrutinised. And it got to that point where eventually even like I had enough, even my mum and dad thought this, this it's not really fair, he's only, it's only 11, 12. So yeah, I, I actually, there was a couple of times where I tried to leave, but it, uh, I did eventually end up leaving, but it was hard to try and get out of there. Yeah, like, like to me, it just seems like you see it a bit like everything's got to be perfect. And like at 11 years, 11 years old, 12 years old, at any stage, you do make mistakes with things and like you want to do things. Like you can't just dedicate your life to it. For example, imagine if you dedicate your life to it from 12 years of age and you get released at 18. That, like, that, that's, that's what I mean. I'd, there is sometimes where I look back and think maybe I should have stayed, but looking, I don't think it was, I don't think it was mentally good for me. Maybe physically, yeah, and maybe I would have had, to, would have had to to say, oh yeah, I played, I played academy from eleven up until whatever. If I, if I would have made it, fine, would have been brilliant. But mm. I look back and think, I think I did make the right decision. Yeah, like. People tell you to do things, don't they? Sometimes you go, oh, yeah, don't leave, don't leave. But, like, that's whatever, like, 
you want to do at the end of the day, yeah. Yeah. There was there was don't a, be advised, but yeah, sorry. There was as I say, there was it was two times where so if initially I just I just got sick of it and just like like a little prima donna I went, I'm not playing, I'm not turning up to training. I went on strike, which looking back at it, it's very, very stupid and you went on strike. Yeah, it was lad, it was like a spoiled brat, honestly. I thought I I just had enough and I was like, No, it's not happening and like they rang me mum and dad was saying was saying come down for a meeting and stuff and I just thought oh here we go and they were like tell them to come back things things will start changing and I was like okay come back never changed and I just thought so we have you do you remember in like in school where we'd have parents evening yeah, yeah, yeah we had them I think it was a uh, twice twice a season pardon me it was twice a season um. So I think it was my second one, and they were just like, I don't know, thing, things got a bit heated, let's just say that, don't really want to go into yeah. it, but things got heated, and in the moment, there was one coach there, Um, oh, I, can't, I can't think of a second name, Neil, Neil Rimmer, Neil Rimmer, he was an ex-pro at Everton and Wigan, yeah. and uh, we, we, had, we, had a, we had a good relationship, Um, like he had a lot of faith in me, and I, I really liked him as a coach. And because we played the same position, he he's obviously like give me loads of advice and stuff. So he was he was in the room and he was more on my side. And it was like the academy directors who was who was having a meeting with. And I just said, "Listen, I want to leave." I said, "I've said it months ago. You said things will change, and it just hasn't." And they were like, "It's your decision. We wouldn't want you to leave and that, but you're not allowed to go to another another like club after this." And I just, I remember saying, I don't care. I don't want to go to another club. I just don't want to be here anymore. I think it was just the whole environment. It was just, I don't know. It just didn't, I didn't like it. And my mum, my mum was saying, it's a big decision. Just, like we were there for like an hour after because we had like a gym session and we'd go yeah. out one by one and the gym session had finished. And it was like, I think it was one of the last one, if not the last one to get, to get me meeting. And we were there for like an hour after. My mum was just saying, it's a big decision. She went, I'll back you no matter what. And I just said, no. And I remember Neil, Neil Rimmer in the, in the, um, in the meeting was just saying, listen, if, if it was me and you were my son, I'd be saying, stay and just fucking prove them wrong and that. But it got to the point where I just mentally went, right, it was affecting me schoolwork. Like, I'd be missing like an hour, half an hour every day. Just yeah. to make training, and as you said, if if I'm staying there from twelve to eighteen, get released, and I'm missing an hour each each day of school work, that it all adds up. You know what I mean? Yeah, it does. That that brings me on to my next question. Actually, um, I was gonna say like, how did it fit in with school work and like just the whole environment of school? It was it was hard because I don't know. I just felt like the first few months it. Uh, of of Marie Court, I just it was it was just strange. Like it was, it it felt like I was there, but I weren't there. If you get me, like yeah, I was, like in school or at Wigan? No, in school, because I'd be there, but me ma wouldn't be at me ma. would be like, wait, I need to go and speak to the teacher who I've got last lesson just to make sure that I can get off an hour early. If I can't, what's gonna all things run through my head, and if I had pay, I'd be like to me teacher, oh, listen, I, I might have to sit out pay. It was just everything was coming through my head. Like I'd, I'd have to get to, to train for like maybe what half five, six, mm. 
and then I'd I'd be coming home quite late. And yeah, and then you probably got stuff like homework. I've got to do homework, and, and I just I didn't have time. I'd be up. I would be up late doing homework, or I'd I'd be getting up early in the morning, tired obviously because of that training the night before. And obviously, when you're that age, you don't you don't really feel as much as like oh I'm eating, but it's physically physically draining because you're getting in late. Obviously, you just had a, like an hour and a half, two hour session, and you're getting up early to do homework, and you're just like. It was just draining, and even like the fact that I couldn't be a kid, I couldn't be someone of my own age. Yeah, yeah. I just thought it's not for me. This. Yeah, I feel like that is something with the academy, the academy environment. Like I seen something actually on BT Sport. Is it? It's called um, No Hunger in Paradise. It's a documentary, and it's also about like academies, and it's it's it has interviews with like obviously people sort of that were in the same position as yeah. you. And like, they sound like start crying on the pitch due to the pressure of it. Like, do you just freeze? Like yeah. these kids have been like, you know what I mean? That that's that was one of mine. That was one of my problems. I think in in training, I'd not being big headed or but I was I was I performed very well in training. But then when it, when I found it coming to match day, I just I think it was I, I didn't know at the time. It was just like built up anxiety. And I just, yeah. I wouldn't freeze, but I mean, I wouldn't perform as good because I'd be just tense constantly. And like, um, I'd have, I did not, like, I got tested for it. Like, I'd, I'd, I'd ended up running, I like, I'd, I'd, it, I'd call it a funny turn. Little did that, yeah. it was a part, it was like an anxiety or a panic attack. So, like, I'd be training and I'd, I'd just go, oh, I'm having a funny turn. And my coach would be like, it's all right, just sit down, sit down. And I just, I feel like that's something that people, especially people with responsibility over children yeah. and stuff, like need to be trained in teachers, coaches, whatever. Like you can't say, "Oh shit, no, you're yeah. right. you know it, I mean? I, Like as I say, I got test like because my dad suffered from it when when he was a kid. Like I remember my nan saying, "I had him in every single hospital, bloody wires attached mm-hmm. to his head," and my dad would be like, "Get them off." I, I'm going to another hospital. They haven't they haven't treated me quick enough, and my dad would be having me. Nan run round to every single hospital, and my dad was like, "It's just what I suffered with." But yeah. it, I think it, it was caused, like as I've like as I've I've spoke to a few other people, and it's been caused from a traumatic event, and it, it's like a built up of all other stuff. So, like as I say about being anxious about about uh, football and stuff, I, when I was at Wigan, like not enjoying it, feeling the pressure to perform and stuff, but. Yeah, it was just it's just a built up of things, that's all it was. Yeah, so that's like the story obviously about mm. Wigan and that. So after that, did you have any more like clubs sort of like of around you, sniffing around you or like what age? So I'd I'd left when I was twelve yeah. Twelve. Eleven, twelve. Yeah. Um and then there was a there was a few lads in our in, in, in our year. Who were who played for Medine, and they were they were a very very good side. And there was obviously there was talks about me going to other clubs after Wigan, and obviously all I don't really want to go. It was just like it was just a mess basically. Like they weren't allowing me to go yeah. unless it was for money. And I thought twelve years of age that's just a load. Pardon me language, a load of fucking bollocks. Paying mm. paying. 
clubs paying for a fucking kid at 12. Like, I'm not being... Like, yeah, you're I not a product on exactly, the shelf, I'm not being, I weren't that fucking good, you know what I mean? I weren't worth whatever they were fucking charging. But it was fucking... Mm. It was stupid, lad. So I just... I, I ended up joining a Marine. Who I spent... I was spent from the ages of 12 to up until 15. And... Without a doubt, the best the best side I've ever played for. Don't get me wrong, though. Yeah, obviously, the only, like, Saturdays under league. But we used to play against the academies. And honestly, mate, we'd fucking bop them around the pitch. We were unbelievable. There was there was loads of, loads of cracking players who played for us from our school. The likes of Neil, uh, Neil Monaghan, Jack Carr, uh, Jordan Lang, Brad mm. Roberts. There was, there was... We had a good... Good core, good, very good core team, and we were just lads. We were, we were, we were a cracking side, and obviously we lost a few of the players, the likes of Neil, um, who obviously went to Wigan. We had Brad who went to Wigan, and then after, because Jack Carr was at Tramier, and then he ended up coming to us quite late. So we about 15, 14, he ended up coming. So we we did, we had a cracking side, and obviously I think they're probably the best years of me playing football. I did. I did. Sorry, yes, I was... did have a few, a few, on, uh, a few clubs like after it, but I think the whole experience of Wigan just put me off. Like I did have, did like I don't want to start naming names, being that fucking bellend. Oh yeah, I nearly had Charles, and I'm not one of them. Not one of them kids. But yeah, I, they, you've had yeah, the injury they, on them. Don't get me wrong. There's some some elite sides, some some good sides, but I just playing outside. No, didn't want to. Yeah, so then, um, so we move on. So like, you went to Dallas, didn't you? Because obviously, I I know like, um, like you play for yeah, Nosley, Nosley Council. Yeah, we uh, Nose Nosley Council have been sending over teams for I think it's over like fifteen, twenty years, even longer, to play in the uh, the Dallas Cup. It's it's like a prestigious tournament over over in America, and it's like all different teams across the world go over. It's like a it's over a two week period. And it's yeah. uh, there's like obviously there's I I so it was a I played for the under nineteens, nosy send over a under nineteen team and I went over when I was seventeen and went over when I was eighteen. Yeah. But you had to be born after a certain month to go for three years and I only managed to go for two. But unbelievable experience. One of what best best experience football and wise and I think becoming like becoming more responsible and grown up because I had to yeah. like it was it's it was a different environment. So what was the arrangements with that? Did you all stay in the dorms, a hotel? So like... no we the we've had um we've had homestay families over there who've 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 took our who've took our players in for over fifteen fifteen years. So we spent, I think we spent around five, six days in a small, small place called Georgetown, which is just outside yeah. of Dallas. Um, we in Texas. In Texas. Yeah. So we stayed there. Yeah. We stayed there for a few days. We we have we have two two friendlies to like warm up games before the tournament. So we every year we play against Georgetown Force, and oh, what's the other team called? They're very good. They're like. They're a bit like a, like an academy side over here. 
Oh, it's going to bug me. Anyway, we play against, we play two warm-up games. We travel to Dallas two or one or two days before the tournament, play three group games, yeah. and then obviously if we progress from there, we go, we go further on. But yeah, we we get we get given homestay families in Georgetown, spend spend however many days we are with with parents there and families there, and then we move to Dallas, in which it's the same situation again, but obviously with different families. Yeah, so did you go to did you go once or twice? You twice, yeah, twice, twice I went. So what was the difference the second time? And like did you win the tournament? First time was to put it bluntly a fucking shit show. It was it was absolutely <laughs> awful. Like we we went in fully confident we'd we had we had the cracking we had the cracking side to be fair. But I think yeah. when we got over there People treated it like a holiday, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna start naming names and stuff because it's unfair on them. Because the standards some of some of some of the players set were maybe not high enough for what they set. But we didn't, we didn't win one game the first year we went there. So second year, the managers uh, Wayne Wardle and Lee Smith. They were uh, they had very high expectations and we were worked hard. Luckily, I was uh, fortunate to be named captain the second year. Um, yeah, which was a which was a great responsibility to have, and I, I felt like I, I dealt with it well. Um, so we we went over the second year. We won our first game three three nil. I managed to score the first goal. Uh, I've it was honestly it was a brilliant feeling with the with how hard it was the year before. And how awful we done it just it felt it felt more like a relief, like a weight lifted off our shoulders. And we once we got that first goal, we started we the confidence come. So we won the first game 3 0 and the second game was was a was a horrible game. We played against this team who were known for they were from California, I think. And they were known for being dirty and no like slight towards the referees. We'd been warned before yeah. we went over. It was like the horrible, like they they start spitting in your face and stuff, and the quite the quite sly. So like, we it. I think it's not necessarily an English team because there's some fucking shitbags who you play against over here, but it's a scouse thing. Once we're provoked, that's it. Every I don't care. You could be the most tamest person on the team. You could be the angriest. There. Once you're provoked. That's it. People start switching. So we've been warned. Yeah. Don't, don't fight back. So I think it was I had I had the responsibility of trying to calm my players down, but not to be not to be looked as a as a shitbag. And if anything gets if if we get given stuff, you 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 don't just take it and say oh you fucking give it back. So it was one of them. We had to. It was quite it was it was quite sly how we done it. Like we'd make sure the referees or the officials weren't looking, and we just like. Stand on the toes, like pinch them. We'd squeeze, <laughs> squeeze places that you wouldn't really want to be squeezing. But yeah, so <laughs> it was a hard game, and I think it was poor refereeing. The referees over there are awful, and I mean awful. And I'm not just saying it because we it, we ended up getting beat one nil. But I'm not just saying it because we got beat. They were fucking awful. Like we had three hand balls not given, two pen, two clear cut penalties. Uh, and an African team who were playing 
the game after us were warming up next to us. And as we were coming off, our manager, who's told us, don't argue, don't argue, he was on the pitch. That's that's how bad it was. He was he was arguing with the referee, and I think it got to that point where he eventually snapped. So the African team who were, were on the yeah. side were coming on saying like you were unlucky. Uh, you's, the referee was awful. So it weren't just us who felt that. It was the other team. So we had for the last game, we had to, the team who we got defeated by. We had, we needed them to to get beat. So we won our last group game. 4-1. I got injured. Sorry, I forgot to mention I got injured in the second game. I, I, it was, I just felt like a pop in my knee. And I thought, oh, this yeah. is sore. But I tried carrying on for about 15 minutes. I was just hobbling around the pitch. And when I needed to run, I just I ran through the pain. But yeah, I, I ended up looking down and my knee was like a balloon. And I thought, I need to come off here. So I, I ended up missing the last game. As, tried to do as much recovery as I could, but it weren't happening. So, luckily enough, the lads performed unbelievable the last game. I think it was, I think it might have been about five-one. The last game we won, so we scored eight yeah. goals, conceded one, and still ended up going out the tournament because the last game, the team we needed to get beat, they uh, ended up drawing. So, it it was it was a horrible way to go out and horrible to be injured, but. Brilliant experiences. Yeah, so that's about um, Dallas. So, what are you doing now in terms of like football? Obviously, you've already said you're playing, but like, um, yeah. So, as I say, I, I come back injured, and obviously, I, I didn't have a team because I was at Southport under 18s, and I've, I've been with the I trained and been involved in a first team match against Huddersfield, and. Obviously, did there was no reserves or under twenty ones at Southport, so it was either first team or nothing. And I don't at eighteen, I I didn't, I don't think I was ready as maybe technical wise. Maybe I was nearly there, but physically, I was, I was, I was in a child's body. Let's just say that. I wait. I was. Yeah, skinny. yeah. I had literally no, hardly to no muscle on me, so. I weren't going to cope physically well. So, obviously, I come back without a team. And, obviously, I was injured. And I just I went went through quite a dark time. And I sort of just gave up on football, gave up on trying to recover to come back. But, as I say, I found I found a team who I really enjoy playing for, Prescott Cables Reserves. And, um, obviously, I'm a football coach now. And um, at university as well, studying sport and exercise science which is uh, which, I, which I really enjoyed yeah I think that just shows like for anyone that like not even football like obviously football is obviously very popular where we're from but anyone that's done any sport to any level because you haven't made it mm. professionally in the sport doesn't mean you have to walk away no. from it 100% does it as I said it's, I, I, had, I had plans of uh, going to a marathon on a scholarship to be honest mate as in terms of playing or play, so no way we're in university over here where we're just, yeah, yeah. we just do the academic side and like you, you try out for the team and it's not really they're not really that arsed over here it's so not really big as it's scholarships here. so like you can you pay a certain amount for like academic fees or like with living fees and stuff so I got 
I got a few offers to go over where it was 100% athletic, but I had to pay for the academic side. And yeah, it was looking like I was sad, like I was gonna go over, but it just it didn't work out because obviously, like financially, it's tough to get it to get a full ride. How much is it? Like approximately. Um, I I had I had coaches ringing me, selling me the dream. We've got, I had one can't remember which which school it was. Was saying, um, oh, we've just got this lad released from Portsmouth, this lad released from fucking Southampton, blah blah blah. And then, yeah, I, I just went, listen, lads, how, how much is it going to be? Because I'm fucking, I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm not the richest fucking man in the world. And he was like, it's going to cost up to like 20 grand a year. And that's like what my parents well, would have to pay. And I thought, fuck that. It's it is, lad, and then you've got. You've got fucking living fees over there because you can't just go over there and not have dough. You know what I mean? So, like, the cheapest offer yeah. I got, which I was going to sign, I think it was about five, five or six grand a year. It, it is. Still it a is. lot, though, isn't it? Out your own pocket. I know, like, we pay. But like, there's no loan now, system well, over there. Yeah, so, you've got to pay it out straight yeah, away. Exactly. But uh, it's just, it, it was hard, mate, because I had, I had, I had that plan. From when I was a kid, don't make it a football. I'll, I'll go abroad and try and make a career out career out of it over there. And I, I, looking back, I, yeah. I never really done enough research on it. I didn't realize the the financial cost of it. So it's one of them. I just come back. I had, I was injured, couldn't play over here. I never had, never had the offers I was looking for financially. So it was, it was, it was a. Fucking! It was horrible time, mate. It was dark. It was there was I didn't weren't motivated to do anything. I was looking at no disrespect, fucking apprenticeships that that weren't me. That fucking nine to five on a on a work site or so like you yeah, I did. I gave up, mate. It was horrible. It was. It was shit. But oh, luckily, I there's it was. It is. It's a. It's a good story, but I come out of it at the at the end in a. I seen, I seen like I seen a way out, and I thought, yeah, there's no point being in that dark place. And I, luckily, I, I had my family, my girlfriend, my friends around me. So, got to give credit to them, really. Yeah, I feel like, like as you said, people are selling you the dream. It's probably a bit like it a is. bit of a false stone. Oh. It is. It. It's. It's just. It's just hard, mate. It is. It's hard, but that's why I think there needs to be more education in terms of on if you're going down that route. But as I say, I've. It was a tough time, but I've come back out of it in a better place. I think everything's always seen yeah. as a win or a loss. I think this is something um, Conor McGregor's coach always says. Like, even if people at him have even lost, you might you can't have your opinion about him. But inside the ring, like he loses, but his coach says no, you yeah. win or you learn. You don't always lose. You know what I mean? Totally, totally agree. With from you, totally agree with you. Yeah. So anyway, to leave it on a bit, what story of Ellis? So like people can probably connect to that, or do you just enjoy listening to it? I would think of, like 
obviously credit to you, Alice. Like, probably take a lot of um courage coming on talking about yeah. such a, like a sensitive subject. But to leave it on like a lighter note. You would say like your um sport and icon or um, there's fucking there's a few, mate. Um, football and wise, probably. Um, well, very good question to end on that. Um, there's, <laughs> I'd, but yeah, football and wise, I'd probably look up to like the likes of Wayne Rooney, Paul Gascoigne, Zidane, Scholes. Uh, kills me to say it, fucking Gerard. Yeah. Oh well, <laughs> edit that bit out. Well, can't you can't dispute what he's, <laughs> what he's done on the pitch? But I'd I'd there's one that obviously when I was when I was in the in in my dark place, I found who helped me a lot was Tyson mm. Fury. Yeah, I feel like it, that it was like a lot he, of people. He had everything related went or not. to and then he fucking found a way out. Cause lad, it's as I say for people, I don't want to try and bring the mood down but for people who haven't suffered from like mental surrounding mental Can't health, mental health yeah. you you grasp to anything like there was days where I'd be in bed and I'd have my knees strapped up and I just didn't want to see anyone didn't want to do nothing and I'd have I, f- I felt like at the time that like me obviously me mum and dad were like on me back saying come on you need to fucking do something with you and I just I shut everyone off. Like I found myself arguing more, but like with my friends, like I didn't want to, didn't want to speak to them. And like I was falling out with my girlfriend, who fucking all props to her. She fucking stuck by me, even though I was a bit of a bastard to her. To uh, be and just lad, it was just like a way of fucking. I just didn't want to, didn't want to know, not and didn't want to do anything, didn't want to speak to anyone, and like I was taking it out on people who were, you know, the closest to me. And lad, it was it was mad. Yeah. It was just one day. I'd I was fucking sat there on my phone in my room, and a video popped up regarding uh, Tyson Fury. And don't know yeah. how or why it come up because I'd never watched anything on him before. And uh, it it was just a video talking about his struggles, and it was it was taught. It was, he'd done a podcast with Joe Rogan. Yeah, I'd I, listen, then. I listened to that, that and then straight away it just it was it was emotional, mate. Cause like I just I felt like I connected to him in a way. If that sounds a bit fucking yeah, he's very real, isn't he? A bit of a fucking wanker, like but you know what I mean. It I felt a bit of a connection, like I thought, fucking hell, if everybody champion of the world's going through the same thing, it's like that, and he's went like obviously. If I don't know if everyone's seen the podcast, like he was saying that like, at one point, like obviously he was contemplating his life and yeah. stuff, but now he's come back and he's on top again. He's now the heavyweight champion of the world. It is, it is honestly like I don't know. It's just like obvi- I don't, I don't want to discredit like the people around me. Like they never done enough because they did. Because if I, I know for a fact, if if it weren't for them around me, who knows what like what the outcome would have been. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't want to fucking. As I say, I don't want to discredit them because they've helped me a lot. Like, like my girlfriend, she she helped me massively. My friends around me, me pet, me mum and dad, all me like me uncle, me cousin, but like anyone, anyone who was close to me at that time, helped me massively. And like the things Fury was talking about, and 
still talks about. He's a uh, he is he's I'd I'd have to say he's up there with like if not me fav my favourite icon. Yeah, so that um, that was Ellis' story, so we hope everyone enjoyed that and took a bit away from me. So yeah, thanks very much and thanks for you for coming on Ellis. I think it showed Thank a lot you of very life. much, mate. It was a pleasure. Day.